And if you're eating a lot of sugary products, a lot of mess, a lot of junk, it's not gonna feed your brain, nor is it going to feed your soul. It enables people to try gardening who maybe would have never been able to do so before. This is my third time this summer, and it motivated me to also put together a garden at my house. We've got a lot of these ideas that we're just starting to see what germinates. Um, sorry, I'm terrible plant puns. Welcome to Episode 5 of Hunger in Hamden, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. I'm Ben Bogardis, a journalism professor here at Quinnipiac. This is a show that looks at the innovative ways people around Hamden, Connecticut are working to fight hunger and food insecurity. In this episode, we're going gardening. Okay, so let's pump, keep walking, guys. So here we've got peppers, we've got a bunch of herbs. We have so many herbs to choose from. We sure do. In early August, vegetable gardens are coming into bloom across Connecticut. Kale from the garden. Yes. And some spinach. Oregano, they have mint, they have fennel, they have rosemary. Parsley. Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. But this garden is different. It sits in the shadow of Hamden's Emil Keefe Community Center at 11 Pine Street in South Hamden. It's in one of the poorest parts of town, an area where fresh, healthy vegetables aren't always easy to come by. But dozens of types of healthy fruits and vegetables were growing here in 12 rectangular bathtub-sized boxes in a formerly empty lot on the side of the community center, bordered by a playground, sidewalk, and chain-linked fence. Volunteers stop by daily to water and tend to the plants, which will soon be given out in the Keefe Center's food pantry. My name is Adam Matlock, and I've lived in Hamden as of December 2018, but lived in New Haven for about 12 years before that. And I'm a music teacher by trade, but I'm here working in the Keefe uh, Community Garden. Here we have, let's see, this is parsley. We have two squash plants. This is sage, um, and this is a lettuce that is starting to bolt, which means it'll be a little bitter, but not too bad. Um, I'm not sure what that is here. And then in the middle here, there's a big empty space, but it, uh, these are onions coming up. You see, you see, you see these stalks coming in here. See over here, we've got some peppers going, romaine-style lettuce. Over here, we've got eggplants and beets coming up. Both of these are kind of good fall-growing vegetables. Um, if we take a look over here, we've got a whole bunch of tomatoes, which is always nice. Uh, we see a, a half-eaten green tomato on the ground, so some wildlife had, had its way with it. And yeah, some uh, cucumbers over here um, getting ready to go on the trellis. Of course, they're being stubborn and going the opposite way. Um, more squash, always the biggest producers of the summer, I guess, is zucchini, summer squash, things like that. Great because they grow really quickly and they produce a ton. And then, of course, you end up with too many of them, but not in the case of a food bank. So it's always nice to... Even as someone who grows squash in my yard, you know, my neighbors get a little scared to see me during the summer because they know that it might mean I'm gonna give them one. And these are potatoes over here. We do have a few potatoes kind of mixed in here. 
I have never successfully grown potatoes all the way, so this is kind of a new thing for me, and I'm really excited to see how that all turns out. Here are some more potatoes and squash and beans, and if you know anything about New England history, we have the Three Sisters, kind of indigenous First Nations and Native American lore, and, and it was just three plants that work really well together in terms of the nutrients they provide the soil and how they sort of support each other growing. So putting all those kinds of things in the same bed makes a lot of sense too. Mixed in with all these things are some nice, some flowers, what they would call just decorative, but they have a function, which is of course to attract pollinators. And so when you're thinking of this kind of thing, you can get the aesthetic function as well as the food function. So one of the things that you want to plan for is the things that's going to attract butterflies and bees and moths and wasps and anything that carries pollen around just because that helps to make the gardening more successful. For me, I'm a, I'm a person who learns a lot by doing. And so doing volunteering in this kind of situation has been one of the most important aspects of me learning how to do this kind of thing. So that if you have any curiosity about it at all, this is a great way to satisfy that curiosity, much more so than spending two hours looking at gardens on Instagram or something, because as cute as they are, right, and you feel you don't have much to show for it at the end, except for, you know, maybe some the names of some plants, right? So I think doing hands-on, especially with this kind of work, is just rewarding. You know, there's all kinds of studies out there about the psychological and mental health benefits of gardening and just having your hands in the soil, communicating with all these microbes and stuff. But for me, I think it's the best way to learn about it and to kind of demystify it. A lot of people think of gardening as kind of a rich hobby, as a classist hobby. You have to have a lawn to, to do so. And so if you identify what a lot of the barriers of access are to gardening, it's not having the space, it's not having the expertise, it's not having the time. And so the Keefe Center is able to subsidize the space and the expertise to some degree by bringing in outside people to help with the installation and stuff like that. It enables people to try gardening who maybe would have never been able to do so before, who are renters or don't have huge lawns in the neighborhood or maybe have bad quality soil in their lawns because Hamden unfortunately has that industrial background as well. This is a really nice resource. Of course, providing the educational opportunities also helps a lot with just making people feel confident enough to try it. So if they wanted to try a container garden and just start small in their own space, it's a way that you feel like you can kind of cross the gap and so get around those barriers to access. Work on the garden was organized by the Albert Schweitzer Institute at Quinnipiac University. That's an organization dedicated to perpetuating the legacy of Albert Schweitzer, the 1952 Nobel Peace Prize laureate known for his reverence for life. Executive Director Sean Duffy, along with several students and other faculty members, worked closely with the Keith Center and its food pantry staff for more than a year to help it all come together. My name is Anna Ficciarella. I'm a rising senior student at Quinnipiac studying English and Environmental Studies. I'm also the food policy intern at the Albert Schweitzer Institute. That's how I'm involved with the Keefe Garden. I would say it's not the typical community garden. The concept is for the food to be grown to directly provide fresh food to the food pantry. That way clients and families of the food pantry have that access to fresh food grown right here. And we're also working on developing the garden so that it has more community involvement. A lot of the clients and the families involved with the pantry have wanted to get involved. When they go each month to pick up their food items, there's been a sign-up sheet for them, and a lot of families have filled that out, um, are interested in actually getting their hands dirty into the soil and touching the food that could go to the pantry for their families. That way families can actually adopt a box and take that on themselves with the weeding and the daily watering. That way they feel more connected to it. So 
we're basically just trying to provide a space for the community and whatever they'd like to do if, if it wants to be like arts events in the garden or garden programming with children anything really we just love it to be a community space and we're just here to make it happen uh, i'm julia giblin i'm associate professor of anthropology at quinnipiac university We've got a lot of these ideas that we're just starting to see what germinates. Um, sorry, I'm in terrible plant puns. <laughs> and there's a lot of projects too in terms of infrastructure and thinking about ways to, for example, build kind of hothouses around the beds to extend the life of the growing season in the spring and the fall. Maybe try to come up with some kind of watering system that makes it a little easier. And there's a lot of innovative ways to also grow up if you build structures. So you can grow a lot more out of a little small space. We've also been kind of reaching out to folks at the food bank who've been getting the veggies and just asking for their help. <laughs> do you know about gardening? Do you just want to get involved? Do you want to help us water? But I think we'd love to do some more surveying of what types of foods people would be interested in and also having community knowledge contribute. So if there are recipes that people love, that they want to share, um, being able to have a vegetable that we can then tag with their recipe and give that out at the food bank days. We've had so many amazing conversations with people who just come by and want to know what's growing here and then start talking about their garden or, or what they grew as a kid. You know, I, I came from this part of the country and this is what we grew there and this is what we made as part of our food culture. And it's really something that I, I think brings people together. They love sharing those stories. People love hearing those stories around food. So I, I think it can be a really lovely community building type of piece. So like just getting flowers in, for example, I mean, they're not providing food to the food bank, but just adding some of that natural beauty. It sort of makes people smile when they walk by, and it also is a space that we want for people to, to be able to come to and just hang out and enjoy a beautiful space. I think it also can be such an important educational tool for where food comes from, which is, I think, very much lacking in American culture around food in a lot of ways. <laughs> if you don't have a garden or have been raised around a farm, which most people haven't, you don't really understand how food is grown and sort of the beauty and the hard work that goes into it and all the complex ecosystem that support it and surround it. So there's a daycare that's associated with the Keefe Center. There's a lot of kids in the neighborhood. And this could really be a great way to have just education around food and plants and insects. We've noticed that we've had a lot of kid volunteers from Hamden who like all their programs got canceled in the summer. So they've been out here volunteering. <laughs> I don't know if they or their parents, maybe a little bit of both, but they have had really positive like, this was so fun. <laughs> um, even when it's this hot. So I think there's a lot of good potential so those are all things in the kind of the melting pot of ideas. The garden's already being used as a community education space, teaching adults and children how to grow different types of plants. Uh, I don't know, would you eat those? Yeah, let me have one. I never thought of black eyed pea. Maybe growing black eyed pea. I never thought about it. Yeah, I never. How does it taste? Okay. Good? Yeah. I'm Susan Jackson from Hamden, Connecticut. This is my third time this summer, and it motivated me to also put together a garden at my house. 
it's a good tool for all of us to learn and also to um, be able to even have the experience of having fresh vegetables. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it's um, as accessible to us, but this seems like a great way and when you have people to come out and teach us. Yeah, they're still a little green. So what do you wait till they get yellow, yellow? Yellow, yeah. When the outside gets yellow, it means the inside the beans are ripe. Let's see if we can. How often do you have warm, to water huh? everything? We try to water it pretty much every day. Okay. I was going to say, you have to do it once a day. And the raised bed also dries out faster. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I learned something too by putting the herbs in different places. It keeps away the mosquitoes, mosquitoes and bugs. We've got some peppers over here. If anybody wants to pick a pepper for themselves, they can pepper. do that. There, see? These ones are jalapenos, so those ones are a little spicy. But, okay. but these ones are not spicy. Those ones are not spicy. And today, when the young people were out here, they were really engaged and excited. I ate a squash. Me too. There's a squash. Baby squash on there. I, I, I saw a squash. When you are seeds and plant it, you gotta go to your house, go in your garden, and then, and then get your shovel, and then dig a hole, and then put the seed in, and then put the, it, and then put some water on it. You guys sound like expert gardeners. Can you come and help us in the garden? Yes. Okay, awesome. I'm gonna sign you up. <laughs> Seems like it's motivating them, you know? So, I think it was very good. Community educators are also using the space to encourage healthy habits and healthy eating. And if you're eating a lot of sugary products, a lot of mess, a lot of junk, it's not going to feed your brain, nor is it going to feed your soul. It's not going to feed your spirit. This is especially important as people are stuck at home with businesses, playgrounds, and schools closed because of the pandemic. Jeanette Sykes, and I'm from The Perfect Blend. It's a youth leadership program from the Greater New Haven community. I'm Chayla Gilliams with Body Workers. We do a lot of fitness classes for kids, for youth, adults, and special populations. We do senior classes as well. We do a lot of school programs. After Colbert, we decided that we really wanted to check in with our community and see exactly what they was feeling because they isolate, they have loss, they have different changes in their life, and so we want to find out, how you doing? So we decided to put a summer series together, and so what I did was I reached out to Shayla. She does a lot around nutrition. Um, the nutritional portion is really just educating everyone about the importance of good nutrition, what it does for the body, mind, and spirit. So not just your physical, but your mind, your mental state, your intellectual state, psychological. Nutrition is very important. And then we reached out to the Keith Center to see if we can bring the community here so they can understand about the community garden, understand how to do fresh food, how to live healthy, how to eat healthy. This is something everybody has an opportunity to be able to do. Take a garden, come here, they open them doors to us. They have the, uh, the educators here to show us how to do it. The kids need to be educated around um, not just fast foods all the time, but actually here, you can do this in your backyard. You can get a bin and actually do the step-by-step. -step. They teach you the step-by-step. -step. 
they also open their doors for you to come in and volunteer so you can learn those tools. Once you learn those tools, you can take those tools wherever you go. And so that's why we really uh, like to keep centered and the fact that, that they, they have uh, thought of this because it's, it's a great opportunity for our community to have. And so I, I just think it's a win-win for our community. I really do. This just brings it all together. So everything that we're doing, you're getting firsthand knowledge and firsthand view of what it is to have farm-to-table food. So this is showing you how it's grown, what you have to do to keep it going, to keep the vegetables and the fruits growing. And you're out here in nature, in natural environment. And some of what we talked about in our workshop has to do with spirit. And some of the exercises that the youth did with spirit was gardening. So that actually helped them ease their mind, get over a loss of loved one, a lot of them would take nature walks or come to the garden. So it, it's great to get out here outdoors and put everything in one, bring farm to table, make the, have the ingredients inside of our smoothies and our salad dressings, and then come over and share it with everyone to commune, to talk, to have a, a, a conversation about what's going on. So it's actually awesome. I love it. If you'd like to visit the Keefe Center's community garden, or volunteer, stop by 11 Pine Street or give them a call at 203-562-5129. Thanks for listening to Hunger in Hamden, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This episode was reported and produced by Professor Ben Bogardis of Quinnipiac University's Journalism Department. Be sure to check out our past and future episodes where we see how people across the community are helping fight hunger and food insecurity. Special thanks go out to Adam Sendroff, Isaiah Lopes, and the staff at the ML Keefe Community Center, Jason Martinez and the United Way of Greater New Haven, and its report, Facts and Faces, Food Hardship in Hamden, Professor Sean Duffy of QU's Albert Schweitzer Institute, Quinnipiac Professor Julia Giblin, Schweitzer Institute intern Anna Citarella, Community Garden Volunteer Adam Matlock, Hamden resident Susan Jackson, Jeanette Sykes from The Perfect Blend, Chayla Gilliams with Body Workers, and many others. For more information about Quinnipiac University and the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio, go to our website, qu.edu slash podcast.